0: bow your heads with me. moment to pray for yourself, that you would have a soft heart, a willingness, I know that sounds like a weird thing to pray for, but just pray in this moment that you would have ears to hear, and then I ask that you would pray for me, that it it wouldn't be my words, it would be the Lord's words, it would be authority from, from Him alone. for me. Father, we ask that you would be here in this time. Lord, I pray that you would help me to abide in you because apart from you, this moment is useless. Lord, be with us. Spirit move. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Last summer in Waco, there was this new restaurant in town. It was all hype. Everyone started talking about it. At least the young adults did because none of you were in town. And so, you know, words getting around about this new restaurant and things in Waco, you know, small things like restaurants get, you know, too much of our time, quite frankly. And so, uh, you know, people were telling me I need to go to this restaurant. Finally, I just go. I'm like, all right, whatever. I got to hear. I got to go myself. Y'all are talking too much about this. And so I go with a group of friends. And what ends up happening is I get very sick. And uh, I'm not just talking like, and also the food was like just below average too. That didn't help. Like I didn't enjoy the food. So I'll just be honest there. And so, but it made me pretty sick. And I'm not just talking like, oh, my stomach hurts and I feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to go lay down and be lazy, sick. I'm talking like, Excruciating pain that didn't make any sort of sense. I didn't think it could come from food, kind of pain. I'm like, I didn't know that was possible. And it just made me weak. Like, I could hardly stand, which you're thinking I'm weak and I'm pathetic. I'm telling you, I'm prideful and I don't like to think that I'm that weak or that pathetic. Like, I, I, like, it was a struggle for me to admit to people that I was not doing well. And so I'm sick, and eventually this sickness and this pain starts leading to other things. I started to lose my fluids. And I'm not going to go into too much detail for the sake of everyone here tonight, but I'm, I'm losing fluids. And uh, my brother's a doctor, so that makes me a doctor. And so I decide that you know at this point, 2 a.m., I need to go to the hospital. And you're like, man, you're pathetic. I'm like, no, I'm telling you. This is me in the hospital with my friend Scott, roommate, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and he's like, you're kidding. You're going to the hospital for a stomach ache from some Indian hearth place next to Dichotomy that none of you should ever go to, okay? And you laugh. You think that's funny. You might even question, like, some of you might be related to somebody that owns that place. Here's the deal. I, I, I truly don't care, first of all, um, because, because that place made me sick, like, I'm serious. Like, we would warn people about the things, the places that, like, make us sick. Like, hey, don't, don't go, don't high-five that person. That person gave me the flu. Like, you, you, we know better. Like, we, don't, we stay away from the people that make us sick and the things that make us sick. And the reason why I start with that tonight is not to make light of my hospital visit or even throw shade at that Indian place downtown, okay? It's the only Indian place in Waco. All this hype, whatever, The reason why I tell you that, somebody is like, you must be related to the owner. Um, But the reason why I tell you that tonight is because, like, we know how to protect our stomachs pretty naturally. But most of us don't have an earthly clue how to protect our hearts. Whenever we hear the idea or the words, guard your heart. We're like, what does that even mean? I remember being in your shoes. Somebody told me that one time when I was dating somebody. I was like, what do you mean by that? You're an idiot. That doesn't even make sense. And so tonight we're going to be continuing our series called Say Cheese, where we dig into deep truths that sound slightly cheesy. And tonight's is guard your heart. And I think it's really important because our hearts are fickle. They tend to grab at things and try to find life from things and all sorts of things they try to find life from. And in fact, I'd even be willing to say that much of our lives and our actions and our decisions are just subconsciously us pleasing our heart. Most of what we do is just serving ourselves, serving our hearts. Our hearts tend to govern us. That's why it's important for us to look at this tonight. We've heard of this mantra uh, of guard your hearts probably most in dating advice. Um, and tonight, uh, this may inform the way you date. Happy Valentine's Day to those that are here because it's Valentine's week, and You probably guessed that we would talk about something like this. So this may inform the way you date, but this truth is actually meant to inform the way we live. And so if you'll turn in God's word with me tonight to Proverbs 4, that's where we're beat where we will be. We're going to ask three questions. What does it mean to guard our hearts? Why should I guard my heart? And how do I guard my heart? Those are the three questions we're going to answer tonight as we open up Proverbs 4. So in Proverbs, what you need to know about the book of Proverbs is that it's, it's a book about wisdom, Solomon, the wisest man in the world, wrote this book, and it's supposed to instruct us on how to live wisely and all these different things. And so what's happening where we're jumping in is there are these paternal appeals. You're like, what is that? It's like fatherly advice that Solomon is giving, and this is the seventh one. So we're going to look at the whole section. These are meant to go together. So these verses, verses 20 through 27 is where we're going to beat an eye, but we're going to start just in verses 20 through 22. This is what it says. My son, be attentive to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Okay, let's, let's go to the first verse here, verse 20. My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. So again, it's this parental instruction, this fatherly advice. And if you're anything like me, if you're told something by your parents, the next moment, you are thinking, "What is the exact opposite, so that I can do that?" That was just like the middle school me that still comes out every once in a while, still to this day. So I don't want us to tune out here. Okay, don't treat this like your parents give you wisdom. This is saying, "Hey, listen to my ear, or listen to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings." What you need to know in the Hebrew, this is literally saying, "Hey, lean in." Lean in. That's what the Hebrew idiom, incline your ear to my sayings, mean. You're like, incline my ear? What does that mean? It's Just lean in. Let's pay attention. This is is valuable. This is wise. Verse 21, let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. You're like, let not what escape from? Let the words of wisdom, let the, the sayings of the wise, of the Father, not escape us. Keep them within us. Protect them. Guard them, your, your version might say in, in Scripture. This, the Hebrews here says, keep them within your heart. Keep the words of wisdom and the words of the Father in our hearts. Keep them within you. So let's just take a step back, and also let's think about the context of the time. What you need to know about the context of the time is that when they say heart here, it, it, it really is meaning not just the heart, and uh, it, it's, it's in addition talking about the mind, the emotions, the emotions feelings. And a a lot of scholars would even say uh, this could mean the entire body. Like this is talking about the whole. Keep the words of wisdom within yourself, within your body. Okay. So verse 22. Let's keep looking. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. The power of the words of wisdom is life and healing. So what we can take in, what's coming into our lives, the things that we're hearing and we're saying, the things that we keep within us can bring life and can bring healing, which brings me to our first question tonight, which is, what does it mean to guard our hearts? It means we must protect what comes in. We must protect What comes in, that's what we see in these verses, that what comes in, the things that we're attentive to, the things that we listen to, the things that we keep within us can bring us life and healing. We must protect what comes into our hearts through our ears and our eyes and through the actions of our days. In short, what I'm telling you is is don't follow your hearts. How many of us have ever heard the mantra, follow your heart? Like, okay, nobody's heard that. What are y'all, crazy? Do you get out? Y'all are sheltered. Get out more, okay? You've heard, follow your heart. What this is saying is, hey, don't follow your heart. Inform your heart. Don't follow your heart. Inform your heart. My friend Todd Wagner used to just, like, tell me that all the time. It was so annoying, and then I realized, wow, that is so true. Guard what comes in. What does it mean to guard my heart? Protect what comes in. Maybe ask yourself the question, what am I letting into my heart? Or How did this experience, this thing, this movie, this song, this book affect the way that my heart responded? Like, how did my heart respond? You're like, this is kind of weird. I'm just saying, how do we guard our heart? we got to protect what comes in. When I think of the word protect and I think of the word guard and I think of the word keep, uh, it makes me think of babysitting. I don't know if any of y'all have ever babysat before. I've only done it like Once. Maybe twice. And um, a few summers ago, I, I was babysitting this kid named Tread. And there was a group of us uh, actually taking care of like six or seven kids, but my one responsibility was Tread because he was a little minion, sweet kid, okay? No, he, he, he had, you know, just problems. Like he was just everywhere. And so it was my responsibility to just make sure that Tread stayed alive, okay? That was it. Just keep Tread alive. And so, it was at a summer camp, too, and his his dad's the director, so he thinks he can do absolutely anything at any time. And so I'm babysitting him, and, and the reason why I think of protecting and keeping and guarding is because this little demon would go all around camp, and next thing I know, he'd be like, in the pool. And I'm like, Tred, you're like... Five years old, you can't even swim, get out of the pool, can you swim, where's your floating device, like all of a sudden I'm becoming protective dad, that, like my biggest fear in life, I'm like, Tred, wh- where is your, where's your life jacket, and he's like, I'm in the swimming pool, I'm like, I don't care where you are, bro, you're in a, if you're in a puddle, I want you in your life jacket today, okay, but I, you know, and then there's like cliffs, and there's, there's cliffs, and then there's, uh, you know, zip lines and stuff, and he's like standing on the zip line cliff, I'm like, Tred. Get back over here, okay? I, I, just, I just felt like all of my days, I just spent just protecting Tread, this little guy that was running around like a little terrorist around camp, and I'm like, Tread, and, and I never got a break. It took me, the, like, I mean, I would be exhausted by the end of the day. He'd be like, Dale, let's go on the slide, and I'd be like, should I let him on the slide? But what if something comes out of the slide? I should go with him just in case. Like, everywhere he went, I, like, I was like, I got to protect Tread. Like, that's what it means to guard and protect. It's like babysitting. Goodness gracious. Got a new mic. Sorry. It's like, we got to guard and protect. It's just constant. That's what it means to guard our hearts. It means to protect what comes in. What does it mean? Protect. Let's see why we should protect our hearts. In Verse 23. It says this. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Your version may say, guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the spring of life. What it's saying is protect what comes in with all diligence, like you're just chasing after the terrorist tread the whole day. Protect it with all diligence. Give it your focus. It's important. Why is it important? Because it says here, this this Hebrew word is because it is the source of life. It is the source of your life. How you protect your heart determines how you flow, uh, your, your source of life, the overflow of your life. So that's where this image comes from, this fountain or this spring of life. And so why should we guard our hearts? Because our lives depend on it. Why should we guard our hearts? Because our lives depend on it. The source of our life depends on whether or, not, whether or not we are protecting what comes into our lives. That's why we guard our hearts. Life depends on what you take in. Like what you take in impacts the source of our lives, which means what we inform our hearts with determines the health of our hearts. So if, if let's just say, our hearts aren't healthy That means our friendships won't be healthy because our source of life isn't healthy. Our relationships aren't healthy. We won't be good students. We won't be good roommates. We won't be good disciplers. We won't be good ministers of the gospel or of reconciliation. Like we can't be who we're called to be because our source of life has not been guarded. It's been stripped from us. We've lost life. And I think for most of us, we don't recognize that all of our life flows from our hearts, from, from our being, that life is an overflow of our heart. Jesus says this in Matthew 12. He says, for the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Like you even say the things that are within you. That's what you tend to say. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. And this is so important because tonight what we need to recognize is, is, is not just why do we guard our hearts because our lives depend on it, but also others' lives depend on it. Like if, if our ministry and our friendships, our relationships are, are based on this source of life, then we can't impact and influence others. And if you don't think that that's important, let me just tell you, I'm reading this book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus by a guy named Nabil Qureshi. And Nabil is a guy who had somebody lead him to Christ who just faithfully walked with him through life. This guy named David, while they were in college, that's how Nabil came to know the Lord, was because of the overflow of a Christian's heart. The overflow of David Wood's heart transformed the work of Jesus through David, changed the life of Nabil. Nabil goes on to become one of the greatest evangelists I've ever, I've ever seen or known. You just never know how important the source of your life is because it might impact the source of somebody else's life and then many other lives on down the line. It's important. Why do we need to guard our hearts? Because our entire lives depend on it and others as well. Let's, let's talk about something that our lives depend on just for a moment. When I was in college, I got in a bind my senior year, I needed a transcript from mcc i don 't know if any of you have ever taken classes somewhere else and dealt with the whole transcript thing it's death, okay? Let me just prepare you don't wait till the last week. I found myself the last week week before graduation, I needed to turn in my transcript from another school in order to graduate and um, it, it's a long there's a lot of backstory behind this, but it's not worth going into and so uh I'm just in a bind. And so I end up going on the day that it's due, I go to MCC. And I finally get this class finished. I was kind of on in school at MCC and Baylor, but that's, again, long story. But so I finish the class, and then I get the teacher to finish, you know, give me a grade. And then I finally get the, to the registrar, and I'm like, excuse me, miss. I need to get my transcript in or from you, from MCC. I need to hand it to Baylor by 5 p.m. today. And I don't know if you know that, but that's in two hours. And so um, there's only a few options right now. Because my life kind of depends on it. Like my mom thinks I'm graduating. People are flying in from across the country because they think I'm graduating. There's this big party with my roommates and I because they all think I'm graduating. It's kind of assumed that that's what you do at this point when you tell everyone especially. And so I get to this point where I'm like, excuse me, miss, I'm going to need you to print out this transcript. And she's like, "Nope, it, you know, that takes three to five days to process. And I'm like, let me just tell you, um, you're either going to give me a transcript I'm going to pay you whatever I need to pay you to get a transcript, or I'm going to kill you. And so you get to pick one of these three, and it's just going to, it's that simple. No, 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 I'm just kidding. I was like, excuse me, miss, I'm just telling you I need it. My life depends on it, and I can see there's a printer right behind your desk, and I bet that's the one you print them off of. And uh, I actually did say that. And so she was like, you're right, and you're crazy. She's like, you are, you do realize it's due today, like, you won't graduate next week. I'm like, yes, ma'am. That's exactly what I'm trying to tell you, okay? (laughs) It's that my life depends on it. Like, when things, when our lives depend on things, we tend to, like, make them happen. We do whatever it takes, right? When it comes to school or whatever else. But when it comes to our heart, we're like, oh, you know, I'll just let my guard down in all these different places. Because we don't realize that we should guard our hearts because our lives depend on it. The overflow, the source of our life depends on this guarding. You may be asking yourself the question, what about Jesus? If you're not, it's a good question to think about. I haven't said his name yet. What about Jesus? This is an Old Testament passage and what what I want you to know is that Jesus didn't just come into this world to save us. He didn't die on the cross, resurrect from the dead so that we would come in and just guard our hearts and stiff arm everyone in this world. (laughs) Anything that's bad, we're just going to stiff arm. (laughs) Everything stiff arm. Oh, sin, stiff arm. Secular music, stiff arm. Like, all this different stuff. Like, our lives depend on it, right, stiff arm, right? Like, Jesus didn't come in this world for us to just stiff arm everything. He actually came to this world to be our source of life. Because we haven't guarded our hearts. Like we've all actually had broken hearts, even the dudes in here. Like things have led us to brokenness. And it's called sin. And we need, we need the source we need jesus because our sources have been jacked up and poisoned and contaminated by sin and everyone here needs a healer so you're like what how do i guard my heart it's like this kind of this weird thing i'll admit it how do we how do we guard it we we have the source of life himself jesus and we keep him as our source why because our lives depend on it our very lives depend on it. Jesus is our healer of all of our heart issues, of all the different places we tried to find life. It might be school, might be athletics, might be popularity. We've Tried to find life in these places. It's only led us to brokenness. And maybe it hasn't been like this huge destruction, but quite frankly, like it will, it won't lead to life. Because that source, it, it, it dies. It's contaminated. It doesn't, It's nothing like Jesus, the true source of life, the way, the truth, and the life. And that's good news. That's good news. But walking with Jesus does allow us to actually guard ourselves in life, to keep things from contaminating the source of life as Jesus works in and through us. And so what we're going to talk about, the third thing we're going to talk about is how do I guard my heart? How do I guard my heart tonight? We're going to be in verses 23 through 27. It kind of gives us an example or examples or ways that we can guard ourselves as we live. So let's look in God's word. This is what it says. Keep your heart with all vigilance and diligence, for from it flows the spring of life. We just read that. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all of your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Turn your foot away from evil. How do I guard my heart? I get the word diligently from verse 23. Diligently, like a, this, this is what it's saying in, in, in this time is keep your heart, guard it diligently, guard it more than you guard any other thing. Guard the source of life. Guard Jesus himself within you more than any other thing that you guard. That's what it's saying when it says keep your heart with all all diligence. So how do I guard my heart diligently? And in 24, we see that we should guard what we hear. Verses 20 and 24 say that. In verse 25, we see that we should guard what we see. And in verses 26 and 27, we see we should guard, diligently guard where we step. So let me just say this again real quick. How do we guard our hearts diligently? We guard what we hear, what we say, what we see, and where we step. Those are the four things in those four verses. Let's start with what we hear. We talked about this a few weeks ago, the idea of truth being the greatest treasure. What this is saying in verse 20 is is incline your ears, lean in, listen to truth and instruction and wisdom. So my first, first point of how do we guard our hearts diligently is to take in truth. Keep them within our hearts, our whole being. Memorize them. Have them deeply within us. We can't memorize something that we don't read. We can't keep it within us if we've never opened it. And then even as we take in truth, we should speak truth. So that's what we hear. What we say in verse, uh, in verse 24, don't entertain gossip, cursing, manipulation. It says, put these things away. In verse 25, we see the things that we see. Keep your eyes forward. I, I, I mean, this is, ask ourselves the question, what are we looking at? What's entertaining us? What's entertaining our eyes? And then verse 27, 26 and 27, be careful where you step. Be thoughtful where you, for where you're stepping, where you're going. Guard where you're going. And if you feel like you're stuck, then maybe consider Where you're at, where your feet are going. Maybe, uh, my friend Wags says it this way, like you need to change your playmates and change your playgrounds. Maybe that's what you need. Where you're stepping is is actually leading you to destruction. It's not wise. It's not guarding yourself. It's not part of, of guarding your steps. So many of us are flirting with the very things that we're called to flee from. It says in a proverb, just... Two over, Proverbs 6.27, can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned? So many of us are just playing with fire. We're like, I can do this. It's fine. And we keep returning to the same sin and the same vomit over and over again. So third point, how do I guard my heart? Diligently. By God's grace, we do it diligently. I want to illustrate this by... um, my own life tonight. It's about to get real. By God's grace, when I was in your shoes, the Lord started to, to remove things from my life. And, and he did it through friends and community, accountability. And really the first thing that God removed from my life when I was in college was Instagram. I found this very disturbing reality. That every time I got on it, it brought envy. It brought envy. And it brought pride, and it eventually led to pornography. It was my primary pathway to pornography. And in order to guard myself, after time and time again of of this application on my phone leading me to this place, finally people stepped in and they're like, bro, you got to get rid of it. you got to guard yourself. It's ruining the spring of my life. It was quenching my life. It was taking joy from me each and every day. And it's still, to this day, hard. I'm like, I don't have an Instagram. I had a dude on Saturday at the basketball game. He's like, what's your Instagram handle? I'll tag you. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have one, at Vertical Waco. Like, follow me. You know, like, I'm like, and he laughed, and it was, it was funny. And he's like, <laughs> he laughed at me, and he said, why not, bro? I go, because I look at porn. If I have it. He didn't like that answer. He didn't think it was funny. It was true. So it was Instagram, and, and it wasn't just Instagram. It went on to, to have Snapchat. Snapchat was this avenue where I could I could gain somebody's affirmation and affection without any accountability. Like that's amazing. Like oh it's you know let me just see if this person will text me back or snap me back whatever. Soon after that people step in it's out. I want to guard myself have to remove it. Keeps keeps going. Eventually uh, there was even seasons where music would would bring me to loneliness. Country music, it's the only place it leads. Like, seriously. It's all about, like, romanticism and all this other stuff. But Ed Sheeran, Shape of You, I'm like, goodness gracious. Like, where is this leading me? Where is this leading my thoughts? And I'm not crazy. Like, this is normal. These are the things that we take in. That sometimes uh, uh, take our guard off, or they're just polluting the stream themselves, the source themselves. And those are all, like, you know, college and and I can look back and talk about them let me just let me just be like real with you guys like in 2018 I had to give up alcohol and I know alcohol is this divisive thing for this room for a lot of people they are like oh, underage or of age and blah, 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 like scruffs like I don't know you know what this uh, have you ever been like I've never been I think I'm more holy whatever you know all this stuff like it's like all this stuff like these are the things you're wrestling with. I'm removed. And I'm just telling you, like, there was a common denominator where I would text my, my, my community and my accountability. And there were nights near the end of 2017 where I would tell them, I know I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. But I am so discontent as I'm going to bed tonight. Like, the lies from the enemy are just overwhelming me. And over time, with their help and with prayer, the Lord exposed the fact that the common denominator was a beer. Like how weird. And you might think that's weird, but what I want you to know, the reason why I tell you that tonight is because I don't know what your thing is. Or the thing that's taking your guard down, that's hurting your source of life. I don't know if it's a sin. I don't know if it's a circumstance. I don't know what it is for you. But it might sound weird to other people. There's different seasons where different things come in and creep in and pollute the stream, the flow of life that we have. And what we need to understand is that our lives depend on it. The source. We've, we've got to guard against the things that take us away from Jesus himself because he is our source of life. Some of you tonight might think that y- you've had or done too many things. You're like, guard my heart. I'm like, I've given my heart away way too much, it's already gone. Let me just tell you, all of our hearts are broken. You're not too far gone. Jesus is a healer, and every one of us needs him. We're all prone to wander. We're all prone to let these things in that ruin the source of our lives, which is why we need to guard against them, protect ourselves. Instagram, Snapchat, music, alcohol, those are just symptoms. The real problem is in our hearts. The real problem is at the source. There's ways, there's things that we're allowing in that are just keeping us from fullness of life. So tonight I want us to know, what does it mean to guard our hearts? Protect what comes in. Why should I guard my heart? Our lives depend on it. And lastly, how do we guard our hearts? Diligently, like tread the terrorist. Be continually thinking of ways we can protect ourselves and ways that we have a tendency towards sin. Keep those things from taking away from the source of life. But again, I'm not saying let's go be monks. Let's go be nuns. Let's go stiff arm the world. I'm just talking about our hearts. The source of life. We're called to be salt and light. But we can't be salt and light if we don't have the source of life. Okay. I promised you relationship advice. So I'm going to give you some. Some of you are only here because of it, so get your pens out, okay? I'm going to be quick, and I'm not going to put any of it on the screen because I think it's dumb, but anyways, (laughs) here's the deal. Here's my relationship advice. If you're in a relationship, my piece of advice for you tonight is this, guard your heart. If you're single, my piece of advice for you tonight is guard your heart. In a relationship, emotionally guard your heart. Don't let somebody else be the wellspring of your life. Don't let your significant other be your source of life. Physically guard your heart. Keep boundaries that prevent your body from preparing itself for sex, preparing itself for something that was meant for marriage alone. That's how you guard your heart physically. Spiritually guard your heart. Keep Christ as your first love. Very similar to emotionally. Keep Christ as your first love. That's just about my only relationship advice. Singles. There's more of you in here than there are relational people. Really, all of you are single because you're not married, but that's my opinion. For the singles, guard your heart. I already said that joke. What are you watching and what you're what what you're watching and what you're reading is impacting the way that you're gonna date one day. Guard against dating simply because somebody is affirming you by their attention. Guard against dating somebody who is habitually just seeing if they can uh, win you over. Guard against, guard your heart against loneliness. Know and trust that singleness is a gift. This season is meant for growth. Don't buy the lie that leaving Baylor single means you are deficient or that there's something wrong with you. Ring by Spring University. Don't buy the lie. Jesus was single and he wasn't deficient. So was Paul or many others the Lord has used faithfully through the ages last thing I'd say or in this portion is pray for your spouse and don't think of somebody you're like wait a second (laughs) I'm serious Uh, I've quoted Wags a lot tonight he has a lot to say about relationships I'm going to quote him one last time he says this you're going to want to write down don't lower your standard lengthen your patience Don't lower your standard. Yeah, all the, mm, okay, it's good. Don't lower your standard, lengthen your patience. Here's the reality. That's easy coming from Todd. I've seen Todd's wife and his family. Beautiful wife, beautiful kids. Easy to say. Don't lower your standard, lengthen your patience. Let me just tell you something very briefly. A few years ago, my mom was dating somebody. I came home from college I was like, Mom, how are you doing? How's, how are you and that guy? She's like, we broke up. I was like, really surprised. I'm kinda, I kind of expected my mom to marry the guy. He's a nerd, but my opinion doesn't matter. I was just like, if you love him, get married. I was like, Mom, this might be weird, but like, actually it is weird because you're dating somebody. But like, can I ask you a question? Like, why did y'all break up? And she said, Dale, there were red flags. And Dale, what you need to know is that you should never lower your standards. 65 years old. Living alone. Never lower your standards. We're over here complaining about being single when we're 18. Don't lower your standards. Lengthen your patience. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Most importantly, seek first the kingdom, not a spouse. I'm going to close with this story. I'm going to try something new. I ask you to close your eyes and put yourself in this story. I want everyone to put themselves in the shoes of a young shepherd boy or girl, whatever you are. And I want, you to, I want you to see yourself by a stream, and, and there's this stream of water that, that goes by your sheep every day, but it's dirty. And every day, you have, to, you have to get a jar, and you have to pick it up, and you have to get filters and sand and all these different things just to filter this water because this, this water is so dirty that your sheep won't come drink it. And so every day, you, you work tirelessly to make sure that your sheep have water. Spend the entire day doing this. And one day, a wise man walks up to you and says, Hey son, hey daughter, can I help you? Will, you? will you take some advice? Will you take some wise counsel? And wisely all of us say, of course, we'll take any wise counsel to help us with this problem. This, I just this never-ending process of filtering the things that are contaminated or dirty. The wise counsel says, hey, follow me. The wise counsel takes you on a long journey, days, journeying up mountainside, up and along this creek the entire time. You're just walking along this creek. You're like, I didn't even know this creek went this far. Finally, after days, you end up at the source. You end up at the spring with the wise man, and the wise man shows you that at the spring... There's cattle all over the spring, walking through it, drinking the water, using the restroom in the water, kicking up mud in the water, just walking everywhere within it. And the wise man tells you, you see, you've been working all this time trying to filter water down there, just fixing the things on the outside. When the problem is at the source. You see, you have to you have to build and guard and protect. Maybe if, if if you take the time to build a fence around this this source, then it'll be clean. And so it takes you some time. You build this fence along with this wise man. It takes you days of work to get this this source protected. But then you go downstream after you finish this fence, after you guard it, you go back downstream to your sheep. And the source is clean. The stream is clean. Students, the reason I tell you that story tonight is because a lot of us are at the bottom of the stream trying to just fix ourselves and filter the water. And the problem isn't where we're getting it. The bottom of the stream, the problem is source. We need to protect the source. We need to keep Jesus in the place of the source of our lives. Let's pray. Father, help us to keep you as the source of our lives. Lord, help us to understand what does it look like to guard our hearts, for from our hearts flow our entire lives. Lord, help us to understand what that means. Help us to understand what that means in the context of being salt and light. How do we guard ourselves yet, yet be ministers of reconciliation, to love those that are different from us, love people that you've called us to love. Lord, show us what that means in our lives, Lord. Lord, show us what it looks like to guard the source. Help us to quit trying to fix ourselves and filtering the water at the bottom of the stream. Lord, help us to get to the roots of the things that are causing us all of this trouble and all of this harm. Jesus, I ask that you would reveal to us not just the symptoms that we turn to, the sicknesses, those things that we turn to. Lord, show us how to, how to put you in the place of, of the void. Help us to put you as our source and our source alone. Lord, we thank you for this time. We pray all this year in Jesus' name.